0: Hello, I'm Christopher Rybold, your door-to-door storyteller, and I'd like to give you a story. This story is called Last Meal by James G. Bruin, Jr. Brock Mullant grunted as he swung the multicolored tarp over the lean-to supported by two small trees on the edge of a slight clearing in the woods. The branches and cardboard that constituted the lean-to's roof leaked, and the newly found tarp would help keep him dry when it rained. Malant wasn't a strong man, and getting the tarp in place took more effort than he'd anticipated. The tarp proved large enough to cover the entire structure. Malant secured its top with twine to the trees, and he staked its bottom to the ground. The early morning air portended rain, He was tired, but very pleased. Malant had wandered the woods during the previous night as was his custom, studiously avoiding the nearby four-laned road, but oblivious to whether he remained outside the Air Force base or meandered inside it. He was at ease in the woods and didn't care who owned the property. The moon had been full, throwing more light than Malant liked at night. When he came across the brightly hued tarp on the ground in a small field, he had recognized its utility immediately and folded it reverently. Though Mallott had struggled to haul the tarp back to his place, he was mighty satisfied by the result when he had stalled it on his lean-to. Mallott was so enamored of his work that he almost missed the brief but insistent honking of the car's horn. Lieutenant Colonel Don Pro opened the door of his BMW, placed a small Burger King bag on the side of the road, then closed the door, drove to the base's checkpoint, identified himself, and headed to the command center. He omitted one part of his usual routine. He didn't look in his rear-view mirror to watch the man emerge from the undergrowth to claim the small treasure he had left behind. Many of his co-workers ridiculed the bum who lived in the forest, just outside the base, when they thought of him at all. Lieutenant Colonel Prost instead insisted on recognizing his humanity, referring to him as a homeless person, and delivering breakfast to him daily. But today, Lieutenant Colonel Prost was anticipating the scheduled weapons exercise. He simply forgot to look in the mirror for the man. Malant stumbled through the mixture of trash and undergrowth that bordered his camp, grabbed the bag, and retreated through the underbrush to his sanctuary to enjoy a sausage and egg muffin, hash browns, and coffee. The bag contained creamer, sugar, and a stirrer, but Brock Malott drank the coffee black. Sated, Malott tossed the packaging aside and stretched out inside the lean-to for an early morning nap. The caffeine had no effect on him. He slept soundly. The excitement was palpable in the command center. All prior tests had been successful, but those drones had been unarmed. Today, the unmanned aerial vehicles would carry miniature missiles with small payloads, enough to destroy a car, perhaps, explained Lieutenant Colonel Prost to a reporter observing the test. When Lieutenant Colonel Don Prost gave the order, two unmanned planes with wingspans less than two feet took off. Without further human assistance, One drone climbed to 900 feet, the other to 1,100 feet. Staying under the cloud cover, automated and unpiloted, the drones began crisscrossing the base, onboard computers processing images from their cameras, searching for the target. Although this exercise is relatively simple, you're going to see the future of warfare, Lieutenant Colonel Prost told the reporter. We've got an easy target for the UAVs to find and destroy on their own without human guidance or assistance. Someday, we'll add facial recognition software that will allow the UAVs to search for a human target, locate and identify him, and launch a missile for the kill, all without human intervention. Those UAVs will have what we call lethal autonomy, and they'll do the job without risking any American lives. After about 25 minutes in the air, A drone zeroed in on the target near a border of the base. It contacted the other aircraft and asked for confirmation. The second drone flew nearby. Its sensors confirmed the target, and that drone informed its counterpart. Those monitoring the exercise from the command center held their breath. The first drone launched the missile. The drones began their automated return to base. Hooting, hollering, and backslapping slapping filled the command center. Someone popped the cork from a bottle of champagne. Lieutenant Colonel Prose lit a large black cigar. "'Want to see the damage and destruction?' asked a grinning Lieutenant Colonel Prose, as he and two subordinates headed towards a military vehicle. "'Love to, sir,' said the reporter, bounding after them. "'Hop in,' said Lieutenant Colonel Prose, waving the cigar in the reporter's face. "'It's a short drive.' but we'll have to hike through the woods a bit. What was the target, sir? asked the reporter. A tarp. A bright red and blue and yellow tarp, said Lieutenant Colonel Don Prost. We secured it on the ground in a small opening in the forest. No one was allowed in there today because of the exercise. It would have been hard for the UAV to miss that target from the sky, even though it's overcast. Shouldn't be much left, but little pieces blown every which way. You just listened to Last Meal by James G. Bruin, Jr. Read to you by your door-to-door storyteller, Christopher Ribel. Thank you for listening. This story first appeared in Gilbert Magazine, a publication of the American Chesterton Society. Used by We Are One Body Audio Theater with the permission of the licensor, granted under a copyright license agreement. A production of We Are One Body Audio Theatre.